All right. Describe life on Huntington University's campus in five words or less. Evolving, experiential, very centered, eventful. And probably if I had to close, it would absolutely have to be empowering. I absolutely love it. This is Ag Bioscience. Welcome and thank you for joining. I'm Mitch Frazier, President and CEO of Agronovus Indiana. And this is the podcast where we explore all things Ag Bioscience, the people, the products and innovations across food, animal health, plant science, and ag tech. We're joined today by a visionary who has combined her strength in academia with a passion for innovation. In her more than two decades of leadership at Huntington University, she has transformed the Rural Liberal Arts College into a powerful engine for workforce innovation, launching new programs ranging from those in healthcare to a new agricultural program. She's a bold leader with Southern charm and a dear friend, Welcome, President of Huntington University, Dr. Sherilyn Emberton. Sherilyn, welcome to Ag Bioscience. Thank you, Mitch. You're overly kind, and thank you. Well, it is such a delight to spend time with you. You have built an incredible career leading higher education institutions from Texas to Tennessee, now here in Indiana. Share with us more about your journey and what brought you to Huntington. Well, I actually start, see, I have so many connections to Indiana. I just didn't know they were going to be, you know, the Bible says God orders your steps and you don't really know why. I started off as a basketball coach. I was a basketball coach because my dad was a basketball coach, you know, Uh, and won the state championship, the Texas state championship, uh, maybe my second or third year coaching uh, in Texas. And then I was done with it. It's time to, time to work, you know, time to go somewhere. I spent probably 15 years in private business. So really, I was late to the game of higher ed. Hmm. But I'm so glad because many of the skills that I learned in having to make payroll, having to um, engage with consumers um, all the way through the entire economic cycle um, was amazing to take to the higher ed environment. And and I came in higher ed exactly at the right time. Now, Sherilyn, for those that don't know, give us a sense of where Huntington University is located in Indiana and really what makes Huntington a draw for students. Well, first of all, we are the center of the universe. If you were wondering where that was, <laughs> it is Huntington. <laughs> I love it. But now Huntington, when I describe it, we have, of course, the main historic campus since 1897 in Huntington, Indiana, which is really very centrally located. We're about three hours from Louisville, three hours from Detroit, three hours from Chicago. I mean, it's perfect for business and drawing that big economic circle around um, diverse constituents, you name it. So I, I, I do love that. But we also have a purely health science, um, 10,000 square foot um, opportunity in Fort Wayne. And then we have about a 30,000 square foot in Peoria, Arizona. So we are we are not your mother and pop's college anymore. We're very, um, very diversified in our offerings. It's fascinating the evolution that's happened. Even recently, we look at COVID really brought on both challenge and opportunity for innovation. What new approaches have you introduced to the university since COVID and what's really changed in the wake of, of COVID at Huntington University? Well, as to be honest with you, it's, it's not me that led the new changes. It was faculty, staff, and students. They love this place. They love what we do. Uh, our community loves us and loves what we do. 
And so everyone pitched in and thought, how can we keep them safe and keep them in school? Because it's really important for a residential college. We couldn't all dismiss like um, Arizona State and stay home for a year. I mean, you know, you can't do that. You lose your customer. And so it took really a village, uh, a region, a state. And thank God we had the governor we had at that time to help us navigate that. So we had a lot of people speaking into that. But our students were so faithful to work differently to think differently, to study differently. And our faculty, I could never thank them enough for giving up the most important part, you know, being in that classroom, feeding off your students, it drives, uh, it drives that experience. But they were willing to flip, they were willing to do, uh, and we are not abandoning that. Obviously, we're continuing to look at new ways um, to do things. I think coming out of it, we are a kinder, gentler place. Hmm. Realizing the importance of family, the importance of community, and how we build that and how we look at that might be different, and that is absolutely okay. Uh, We don't have to return to post-COVID, and really we don't describe it that way. We are taking on the new opportunity we have to deliver quality, faith-driven instruction to the people we serve. And whether that is um, in a a virtual space, great. If that's face-to-face, it's a combination. Is it more engaged within our corporate workspace? Uh, Whatever that is, we're willing to do that because that is our mission to do that. Uh, Leadership counts, Sherilyn, and you have been a bold leader. You and I first met each other Gosh, it's been probably mm-hmm. five, six years ago on a trip with Indiana Governor Eric Holcomb to Israel, focused on agriculture. And it was so clear to me from the first time you and I met, you have a passion for innovation, just a, a deep-rooted love for innovation and natural curiosity, particularly in the ag bioscience. Mm-hmm. As president of a university, you could pick any sector of the economy to focus and go deep on. Why have you spent so much time? Why do you find so much joy and innovation as it relates to ag bioscience? I've shared this story with you before. And if I've told the people that are listening to the podcast, they'll just have to forgive me. But, you know, (laughs) brand new college president, new part of the world, don't know what works here. But I've been at six different institutions that had law schools, medical schools, engineering schools. You know, everybody had their flavor, things that they do. But you can't assume that any of that works in a new space. Um, That's a leadership lesson for anybody. You can't assume that. And so I'm flying in uh, to a rural airport um, um, and looking over and I cannot believe what I see in crop production. I have never seen anything like that before. Um, I certainly grew up, went to a land-grant institution. We can talk more about that later. I understand agriculture. I even understand production agriculture, but I'd never seen crop production like that. I never. And so I fly in and immediately I'm thinking, okay, who's got the workforce here? Who's developing the degreed professionals for advanced jobs that can do that? And I kept getting the same answer over and over again, and it was one school. It's our land-grant school, and that's great. I love that. But... That meant there was room for a Christian rural college to do what they do best, which is love on their community. Uh, And so it was easy for me. And it was really easy to have the conversations because everybody has a story about ag. I mean, that would be like asking anybody about basketball in our state. Everybody's got a story about (laughs) basketball. Everybody's got a story about ag. And their eyes get all warm and fuzzy. and (laughs) Their heart speeds up. They're excited. Uh, But 
it was a little bit of a struggle at first to convince them that you could do ag on a smaller scale. And so that took a lot of old fashioned shoe leather work Mm -hmm. and good intents and showing up, showing up on an ag trade mission to Israel and thank the Lord, the governor, I mean, you know, thank the Lord Agronovas, you know, opened that door, but showing up was the biggest thing because for our folks, you know, your word is showing up. And so we did. Uh, also liking it to going around and telling people we're going to start a football team, but we don't have a stadium. We don't have a coach, but I mean players, <laughs> but next year we're going to win. <laughs> uh, but it was easy and so rewarding to see um, the Lord bless that work. It was amazing to me. So let's talk about the ag program. You, okay. You've launched it. You, well, yeah. Share with us what's in the ag program today and where does it stand now post-launch? Well, I'm not exactly sure what it all is in there. <laughs> I keep signing vouchers, but uh, no, I'm kidding. Um, we, we've really expanded. We started off with a very safe approach. We went with agribusiness. We knew our kids could get jobs. Even if we took kids who were studying accounting and prepared them with an ag foundation, they could go and do ag lending. They could do insurance. They could do some things. And so we started, um, we started in a way that I think honored uh, what we were able to do at that time. But very quickly, uh, people came to the table and said, look, you need to add animal science. Uh, very quickly, crop science. And we need research in crop science. And we need ag education because we have a dearth of classrooms who do not have professionally trained ag educators. And so each one of those brought a new opportunity for the president to get out there and show up. And and we did. And and we went from a classroom and some dedicated faculty to now we have an animal science uh, education center, a teaching barn, basically, if you look mm-hmm. at it that way. We have a, a small cattle operation, which means we have land that we can use to bring animals out and watch through that life cycle. Um, we have probably 100 acres that we farm and we can farm it with whatever we want, do whatever we want on it. We own a lot of that. And then we have a nature preserve so we can interact with water and how all this works together. And so and we have an amazing greenhouse. I'd be very uh, reticent not to say anything about that. It, it, so the it, we just slowly but surely told our story and slowly but surely we're able to add that. Uh, and again, people just really resonated with the opportunity to see a rural college offer that sweet opportunity. And and we would have never made it to without, uh, I remember working with Jay Ackridge when he was a lowly dean of agriculture <laughs> before we began the provost. Um, but, you know, he's so kind and Marcos was so kind. And then Karen Platt, you know, has come in and really helped and still helping us work on projects. But we went to the dean at Ohio State, too, and I got the same treatment. People really wanted to see agriculture thrive uh, and and not just thrive, but embrace what they know about the innovation uh, that the whole agriculture connecting to biology and science and technology. Uh, they wanted to move it to the next level. You've talked a, a lot, even here today, about land-grant institutions and their role they play, clearly in agriculture, but we can even broaden it to maybe further rural development. Land-grants have been a big piece of that. They have been. As, as you look specifically at Huntington University, what's that, what's that slice of the pie 
that, that niche that you really own in, in serving this agriculture, ag bioscience and rural development market? Well, I, I will I will say we serve a population um, that is somewhat separated from career. So let me let me talk hmm. about that first. We draw the rural student, and I'm talking about a student that went to a, a small high school, or maybe not a small high school, but in an area where agriculture still thrives, production ag still thrives around them. Possibly they never even touched an animal until they got to high school. I mean, it could be a lot of different ways, but they're talented kids. They've worked. They've maybe played a little football. Maybe they marched in the band. Maybe they led worship at their church. All those things. And when they go to college, if they go to a large college like I went to, you don't have those options anymore. Yeah. There are a lot of people that are very good at that one thing. And so they quickly fill up all the slots in a, in a rural, uh, especially liberal arts college, you are encouraged to use your talent skills. So I have kids that may maybe come here to major in agriculture, but they play soccer or they play basketball or they sing in the choir or they work at the local hardware store or they go home on the weekends and farm. I mean, they have those options here. And that is a sweet space that we play that probably is unique in that conversation with land grant institutions. The second thing that we do is we are very margin driven. Uh, we literally have to uh, eat what we reap. And so, I mean, we, there's no um, opportunity to petition to the state to help us with extra monies. And so when we do that, we have to be very niche driven. And so we look at how can we walk alongside the land grant institutions? How can we lo- walk alongside other colleges in our region, in our state, uh, maybe other Christian colleges across the nation and provide a, a sliver that not only benefits us, but benefits them too. And we spend a lot of time analyzing that. It's fascinating, Sherilyn. I, it makes it so clear when you talk about this, this space that you play. And there, there's so many things I want to get to. You, you have to commit to coming back on. But I, okay. I have one more question for you. Sure. And, you know, we have folks from all across the country, all around the world, listening to the podcast. Ideally, students are listening. Maybe parents are driving them to work or they're with their families right now listening to this, whether they're in high school, whether you're a parent of a high schooler. Speak to them directly, Sherilyn. Why should they consider Huntington? Well, I want to start with why should they consider agriculture? Because a lot of people will tell their kids there's no jobs there, and that is so wrong. That's the one reason this old gal pursued it. There were 58,000 open jobs with our tech economy study. There are 37 to $39 million being run through our state. And I'm sitting there going, somebody needs a workforce. Uh, and so we have found that particular discipline is that we've onboarded. And again, this is for parents. My kids graduate with multiple options with those degrees. So for parents, I'll tell you, ag, ag is a good choice. Ag bioscience is a good choice. Or a field that will support ag bioscience. It all, yeah. it all works. The second thing, why Huntington? Um, there are probably only about five institutions in the United States who are faith-based institutions that have agriculture. Um, being able to lead boldly with faith family farming is a really nice place to raise your young people. Um, Also, I would say and be very clear that 
Indiana, Northeast Indiana is a great place for you to come, bring your family, start your family, live and be successful. And we're a place where agriculture is still a holy word. It's a good word. Uh, And the work ethic that goes along with it is praised. And so I love that. For Huntington, uh, to be honest with you, we have for, uh, this is our 125th birthday. I'm excited about that. Happy birthday. Uh, we actually had the first extension agent in Northeast Indiana who was on faculty here. His name is Fred Lowe. He introduced soybean uh, to Northeast Indiana. So we've always had a history, a legacy in it, and we're not afraid to recapture that legacy. Incredible story. So much more to dig into. She is Dr. Sherilyn Emberton, president of Huntington University. Sherilyn, thank you so much for investing thank the time you, with us. Thank you very much. Thank you for your work at Indiana Agrinovis. You're our star. We love you. <laughs> thank you so much. And thanks to all of you for tuning in to Ag Bioscience. You can get the latest Ag Bioscience news and insights from discussions just like this by subscribing wherever you listen to podcasts. And while there, you can access our entire library of archived episodes. And you can always learn more online at agronovisindiana.com. On behalf of the entire Agronovis team, I'm Mitch Frazier saying thanks for listening. We look forward to seeing you real soon. This podcast is a product of Inside Indiana Business, hosted by Gary Dick and produced by Kayla Chittister and Joe Ullery. More people get Indiana business news from Inside Indiana Business than any other source.